I don't want you to go. You sure look pretty in that new blue dress. If you go after Marston, he'll kill you. Kid, next time she talks like that, put it on this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Quickly down under, 1990. Prepare to rewind in 3, 2, 1. Did Alice turn Australian for this episode? Because that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's from down under. <laughs> Welcome, rewinders Alice and new listeners. Under. And new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter, sharpshooter powers. Roy? Oh, Roy, it's you! Every time there's a pod from America, I come down looking for you. Thank God you've come for me. My name's not Roy. It's Ruiz, Francisco. Oh, sorry, Roy. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's going to be one of those. Also, for this discussion of the film, Quickly Down Under, we welcome back aboard ship's historian, Drew Dodgen. Hey, Drew. How's it going, Roy? You know what? You were in line for a promotion, but maybe not now. (laughs) Call me Roy. But no, Drew, this is your sixth time on the pod. So uh, you have now been promoted to chief historian. Congratulations. Woot, woot, woot. So thank you for being back, Drew. And now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview overview of the production specs for Quigley Down Under? All right. Quigley was released September 24th, 2003. It runs an hour and 29 minutes and is rated G. It was directed <sighs> and written by William Byron Hillman, with lead stars being Paul, Gary Busey, Paul, Oz... Paul, per- Paul, yeah? Paul. Not I'm sorry, you want that Quigley. in an Australian accent? I, no, I want in the Quigley Down Under 1990 movie. We already reviewed the Rescuers Down Under. Quigley Down Under. Oh, no. Quigley. Okay, yes. For my birthday, Paul. We're doing this oh, for yeah. my birthday. Happy birthday, Roy. <laughs> oh, my God. Happy birthday to Roy. Happy <laughs> birthday to Roy. Quickly Down Under was released October 19th, 1990. Runs an hour and 59 minutes and is rated PG-13. It was directed by Simon Winsor and written by John Hill, with lead stars being Tom Selleck, Laura San Giacomo. Sorry, Laura, I don't know. Giacomo, think that, I think, that is what too, it is. too, depending on the what region you're from. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Alan Rickman, who was... Uh, <laughs> Rickman? Who, yeah, he was yes, once... He's, he's uh, a Mega Man uh, villain now. Exactly. I was going to say a leftover Mega Man villain, but yes. Uh, the music was composed by Basil Poldoris. Let's Pol-Doris. go with that. Doris. Well, again, different regions. All right, you ready for the box office trivia? I'm ready. Drew, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, Roy. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And anyone uh, watching live in chat is welcome to join as well, including Ken from Spokane. Hey, Ken. Go for it, Paul. All right, Quigley Down Under was made for about $18 million and earned over $21 million at the box office. Mm. That's okay. Yeah, 
it's wonderful <laughs> until you count the costs of promotions, which yeah, they exactly. probably didn't do much. Anyway, given <laughs> given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1990, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies of 1990? And because I've been going easy on you, I'm gonna get I'm gonna tell you it's the top 100 this yeah, time because it's after 50. Um, <laughs> I can read you. I can sharpshoot that from a mile mm. away. Um, Drew, where do you think it placed in the top 100? 51. 51. Um, and let's see. In chat, we have uh, Kevin guesses 99. Wow. Nice. Ashley with 55. Uh, let's Isn't see. that how many red balloons there are? Maybe. Red tough balloons. Bob, of course, with his 42. And I'm going to guess. It's uh, his birthday, so might as well go for yeah. number one. No, I'm going to guess 81. That's going to be my guess. Paul, right. where did it end up? According to the numbers.com, it is 56. 56. Oh, okay. So somebody <laughs> snipe shooted. <laughs> yeah, that'd Ashley. be true. Oh, Ashley got 56? Yeah, Ashley got, oh, got 55. She, she 55. She wow. Yeah. Well done, Ashley. Well done. Awesome. Sorry, Drew. So close. So close. I was going to guess 56. Uh-huh. But I thought, you know, I, I want I want people to be, you know, to, I want other people to win. So I was like, well, oh, that's I'll, mighty I'll, kind of you, Roy. Throw, uh, <laughs> whatever helps you sleep at night, Roy. <sighs> Thank you for those factoids, Paul. Is this the Roy Rewind podcast? No, it is, now. It is not. <laughs> Thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion. Which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. Set your sights on adventure. Set your sights on romance. How's about you and me taking off all our clothes and going swimming? Set your sights. Everyone knows about you. On a hero. Matthew Quigley. Matthew Quigley. Matthew Quigley. I wanted to hire the finest long-distance marksman in the world, have I? Tom Selleck, Quigley, Down Under, rated PG-13. I don't know, have you? We won't know until we review Quigley, Down Under. Uh, But let's see how sharp our memories are for this film before we rewatched it here's our memory mind melt synopsis for quickly down under magnum pi goes to australia to help hans gruber kill dingoes after being betrayed by an aborigine quigley and cora from just shoot me are left to die in the outback outback by some but somehow survive the crazy lady wears down monica's boyfriend <laughs> to allow her to become his girlfriend instead Quigley and Severus Snape get into a duel, but Snape apparently forgot the disarming charm because he loses to Magnum. I mean, all of that, for the most part, is right, uh, but I don't think uh, the crazy lady wears him down so much as they just sort of find affection for each other. So because of that, this was Decepted. But based on those memories as not so flawed as they were, what rating did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's start with Drew. It had been a very long time since I'd seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Here, here. So I'm going with this I went with nostalgic. 
nostalgic. All right. Uh, Paul, how about you? I predicted tragic. That's yeah, because you're every time I bring this up, hey, let's do quickly down. Ah, well, let's not. Oh, well, well quickly, uh, uh, uh. Yeah, are you sure I've you want to do it? that for your birthday? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I have no desire to see it. Well, for me, obviously, classic was my prediction. Oh, wow. We are across the board. Oh, we are across the board. Um, let's see. Uh, Kenneth and predicted tragic. Uh, Ashley predicted nostalgic. Oh, my gosh. Why, but you want to offend me? Ashley, geez, how dare you? Anyway, uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true. But first, let's get into the, our discussion of the things we liked most about Quigley Down Under. Let's spin up our best three. All right, and let's start. I'm going to start with Paul. What is something you liked about Quigley Down Under? Um, this might be. I could see this being someone's classic maker, but for me, um, not so much. But I did enjoy the cast, mainly oh, okay. uh, Tom Selleck and yeah, yeah, Alan yeah. Rickman, even Laura. Uh, what's her name from Just Shoot Me, and. Uh, some of the other people I thought did a really good job. Yeah, even some of the the um, the henchmen and stuff. I thought yeah. they were they all sort of had their own quality to them that made them interesting. It's, yes, I was going to say the same exact thing. Usually, yeah. all the henchmen kind of blend in, but these yeah, the, yeah. each one had their own unique style about them, which exactly, was nice. Exactly, it was nice that they were all different characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Were all the different characters something you uh, gravitated toward, Drew, or was there something else you liked? I really like the music in this one. Here, and, here. This, and this has to be the first time I've ever heard a full symphony orchestra play with a banjo. Mm. Do, 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 because do, 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 I, it was weird hearing that banjo playing along these big brass instruments all throughout the film. So uh-huh. I thought it was a nice blend. Yeah, yeah nice. absolutely. It, it was just it's like that's the first time I think I've ever heard that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll talk about that more. Yeah, I was about to say that act was actually my second like. Uh, oh, really? The music? Yeah, was the okay. mediocre music in this that um, the mediocre music? It's mediocre, okay, but compared to the dribble that we have for music in today's movies, it is very good. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fair. That's I get fair. the feeling you don't like techno, Paul. Oh, I do. Come on, folks. Doesn't guys. like. Just hums and he doesn't like ambient score. On forward, guys. Sorry. Everybody to the limit. Everybody to the limit. Everybody come on forward, guys. See, I like techno. Where you guys? Come on, even the cheat. You know. I'm so confused right now. Anyway, something I liked about this because my turn now is, uh, and it's interesting. This happened. um, The this was actually shot all in Australia, and it shows like the the scenery. The, I, because of the, I think the cinematography just looks so beautiful. And I have one, one quibble about that that I'll talk about later, but I just loved how <laughs> this looked. I thought it was not mediocre at all. I enjoyed, I really enjoyed how this film looked. It's so beautiful to see. And quickly even commented how, oh yeah, beautiful scenery because it, it really was. So that's something mm-hmm. I enjoyed was, um, it being shot on location and, and looking so nice. Uh, let's go back to Drew. What's something else you liked? As always, Alan Rickman is a gem in these yes. movies. Yes. Yeah. Does a really good job here. He's got some of my, my favorite lines, even though I can't think of the quotes right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but his very dry delivery of all these lines, I thought was done very well. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
Apparently, um, I read this in the trivia that uh, the re- the main reason he he agreed to do this was because he mm-hmm. wanted to go to Australia. He hadn't before, so oh nice. That's not a bad reason. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Because he still uh, gave this this movie his all. It was he did not phone this performance in at all. Oh no, no. I thought this was really well, and this was sort of like his uh, the his big villain trifecta in the mm-hmm. late eighties, early nineties with Die Hard. Uh, quick down under and then Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which we reviewed yes. back in episode 25 of the podcast. Uh, but some men are born in the wrong century. I think I was born on the wrong, wrong continent. continent. Exactly. Oh, by the way, you're no, fired. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, and I'm sitting there going, you wouldn't have lasted five minutes in, in Galveston. <laughs> Galveston? Well, I assume that's where you get off the boat. Maybe. Moving yeah. on. Okay, yeah. You, is is that in Australia? Me? I'm not from no, there, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe San Francisco. That make more sense to you, to you Westerners. Sure, that works. Anyway, something I liked is I, and this has always been a draw for me. I think it's just draw, about my personality is I gravit. I love that Quigley is a sharpshooter and can just like hit something from so far away mm-hmm. that's I, I love the sniper and Stephen Private Ryan. Barry uh, Pepper, I think, is the, the actor's name in that. Uh, I, I've never seen it, but I've always been interested to see Enemy at the Gates, which is about a Russian versus a, a oh, Nazi Oh, that's with shooter. young Indiana Jones, right? Uh, Jude Law? And young... No, what? sorry. Yeah, it's oh. Jude Law's in it, but I think it's with young Indiana Jones and... Uh... Oh, really? Yeah. You know what's interesting? Guess... Uh, well, it's probably... I probably oh no, not interesting anymore. Sorry, <laughs> gone. I was trying to say the director for this directed several episodes of Young Indiana Jones. I so believe better. it. Yeah, yeah. This, was, <laughs> this was a lot better. I yeah, I I agree. But so the, I just loved that. I thought it was so cool that Quigley was able to hit things from so far away. Have that, you seen the movie The Shooter? No, is that about a sharpshooter? Also, uh, it's about a. Um... Is that with Mark Wahlberg? Uh, yeah, I okay. Think so I haven't seen. It. I've seen the I've, this old '90s movie called Sniper, where these guys are on the There you go. It's about a sniper. That's what I was thinking. Oh, I've oh, seen it's called sh- Sniper instead of Shooter. No, I was asking if you saw Shooter because okay. it, it is with Mark Wahlberg about being a sniper. Ah, uh, okay. I Does saw Wind the Shooters with John Wayne. Does that count? Yes, I, maybe. I haven't seen that. I I so. saw a guy do that in the back alley once. You saw. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on to our classic makers. And since you guys stepped all over mine. You're welcome. I'll you stepped say, all over mine. So it all yeah, works. All right. I, I love the music. Basil Polydorus is my favorite composer. And this, this is one that what I really What else did he enjoyed. do then? Conan the Barbarian, A Hunt for October, Robocop, Free were- Willy, Red Dawn. Would you like me to go on? I, I thought Michael Jackson did Free Willy. He did the song, but the score was done by Basil Poirier. Yeah, Morris. he did it better. Oh my gosh, whatever, Paul. <laughs> but this director also directed Free Willy, by the way, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this director did everything. Apparently. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I adore this story. I can I can hum it at the drop of a hat. Uh, it's Do it's it. so so good. 
In dun, fact, dun, you could probably dun, needle dun, drop it right dun, here. Dun, 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 it's so dun, funny because after the movie, ba, da, ba, da, ba. yes, I, I was I was singing Alan Silvestri's from Back to the Future so Three. Much better, yes. <laughs> Whatever it's not so. It's they're they're both good. I would no, not say that's no. better though. One is superior. Yeah, and the Basil Point Doris. If one is going to be superior, it's Basil Point Sorry, Doris. Alan, you good know what's no, you, you know your rule. No, whatever, whatever. You don't, you don't know, Paul. You don't know. It's okay, Roy. We can agree <laughs> disagree. Uh, Drew, what was your classic maker for this film? The entire scene that ends with my favorite quote in this film. Oh, okay. I said I never had much use for one. Yeah. Never said I didn't know how to use it. Yes, that was because so the cool. whole the whole movie you see him doing all this great stuff with the the rifle, rifle. Uh-huh. and yeah. then the last minute because there's a part of you that's thinking, well, maybe he doesn't actually know how to use the pistol because that is a different set of uh skills because it's a lot shorter and there's a lot less, a lot more. It's it's a different type of weapon, and mm-hmm. then he just like gets him right in the face with like and like with that before you even realize he's e- they're even aiming at each other, right? It's like. I just love that moment. It's like, yeah, what? it's so good. And, I, and I think it, that speaks to the pride of, of uh, Marston or Alan Rickman's character. And he's like, oh, let me line you up right by my old uh, target practicing post. He's like, he's just yep. so sure of himself that he's going to be able to, to take quickly do you, out. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that scene from Indiana Jones and... Uh, 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 Raiders, the Ra- of the Star, Raiders of the Lost Stars, where the guy, yes. the, the, the guy, the swordsman's doing all that random yes. sword kind of stuff, and Indiana Jones just picks his gun up and shoots him in the head. That's yes. what it reminds me of. Yes, 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 totally. I I can totally see that. Well, that's awesome that that moment. And I, I mean, I love it when a classic maker is something at the like the climax of the movie because you don't want like your classic maker. Oh, that opening was so great, and then all yeah. downhill from there. <laughs> Well, so it's not like cool. we're talking about up, so. Oh, Moving on. sad. Paul, what was, so I apparently walked all over your classmaker, and what would that be? Yeah, that was the scenery. Oh, I love okay. the scenery. Um, yeah. It, it felt authentic. I'll, I'll throw in a bonus. Mm, is yeah. I loved seeing the use of the aborigines, because you don't yes. see them that often in yeah, movies. Yeah, so. yeah, And I mean, if. I would imagine they were authentic Aborigines. I'd be shocked to I'm if they were. I'm fairly certain they were. They yeah. they look it enough. Yes. Yes. Now they absolutely. may have been. What do you call it? Westernized. I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Like, they may oh, not yeah, be they're... like living in the bush, but yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they certainly have the look. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that was really really cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, those are the things we loved the most about. Uh, quickly down under. I know there's probably even more to like because it's such a great movie. <laughs> but we we limit it to three. Um, except, oh, there's something else I forgot that I liked. Well, it's your birthday. Go for it <laughs> again, Roy. I'm not Roy. I'm Francisco Ruiz. Roy, yeah. That's something else I liked was Geek Devotions. Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast, ComTalk, and written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. Geek. Geek, yeah. Why is that funny? I'm not sure. 
That's what uh, Socrate says in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm sorry. I, I can see how they relate to Bill and Ted. I'm just struggling to see what, what Geek Devotions, how this is alike for uh, Quickly Down Under. Oh, well, Paul, this is a Western, and though they haven't covered any Westerns, um, they have... Dang it, I actually came up with a connection. I can't remember what it was. Are you sure they haven't covered any Westerns? That's no, surprising. I, I, don't yeah, think know, right? they have. I looked. I look for Westerns. I look for Australia. How can you avoid a, for... an entire genre? Well, it's right? like we never cover horror. Maybe they don't like Westerns. I look Maybe. for Trigun. I look for Cowboy Bebop. Nothing. Get well, on that's it. That's what Geek it devotions. doesn't have to do. They're the complete opposite. Well, you know what? It's my birthday. So that's why. That's well, happy also, birthday, it, Geek Devotion. It's it because been... you can be a geek about Westerns as much as you can be a geek about anything else. Wait, yes, is it yes. is it because it's also Dallas's birthday this week? I mean, yes, yes, yeah, that's, that's what why. it is. That's the okay. reason. Exactly. Happy birthday, Dallas. Hey, there you go. <laughs> we, we figured it out in the end. Uh, okay, but in all seriousness, probably some trivia about Quickly Down Under would be a bit better. Yeah, so. let's go for that. Did you all realize that Sharp's rifles are now so inseparably related to this film that they are commonly nicknamed Quiggly Guns? Nice. Sales for such weapons increased by over a thousand percent following the film's release, especially in the United States and Australia. And so can, instead of one person buying it, a hundred people bought it. <laughs> wow. And the, the sales continued through 2013. So that's, tw let's see, as... Uh, 13? No. 23 years? Jeez Louise. Um, my question to you guys, though, is what is your favorite projectile weapon from pop culture? So not swords or daggers or anything. It has to be, it could be like a bow and arrow, it could be a gun, something like that. Cannon. What is your favorite? Uh, let's start with Paul. Does vomit count? No. Because vomit that would be count. a weapon. Yuck. No. If used right, not... yeah. Uh, I was, I'm going to say the ninja stars. Um, those, I guess that uh, works throwing. What do you mean? You project it, you throw it. And even the battering is more of a ninja star in the movies rather than a, a boomerang. Like it is in the comics. Cause it never all, comes back. It all sticks. Right. I guess. Okay. I guess. What do you mean? All, all right. Well, how would you not? It's a projectile and it's I a weapon. I think it's something that shoots something else, but I guess you could say your hand. Well, you all didn't right, say fine. That. I said, I said, you all said right. I said, all right. Okay, Mr. Shooter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the, so wait, a ninja star or a batarang was yours, Paul? No, I said a ninja star. Even the, even today's batarang is taken from so that you, because it's so not like a, a boomerang. Shuriken, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Shuriken. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, Drew, how about for you? The Aperture Science handheld portal device, aka the portal gun from Portal. Oh, nice. Okay, nice. That's good. I like that because it's just really overpowered if you actually use it against real people, not just. Uh, you can use it turrets. on people. No, if you could on if real could people. In the oh, if you could. But oh. since the only thing you fight are turrets, it's not really that overpowered. Very fair. That's true. You could set it up where you could fling some guy like. Far yeah. into the distance. I suppose that's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, Francisco, what's your favorite gun? <laughs> I was How'd you know it's a gun? Maybe it's, maybe it's a bow and arrow. You do know. You're into shooting things. <laughs> Actually, I really, really like I've always liked it whenever they've 
translate into games, but the the minigun from Predator that uh, mm. Jesse Ventura uses, how the way it whirs up and just like can mow down tons of people. All <laughs> right, like killing apparently. Apparently, <laughs> so, we are great a great show tonight. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Now that we've had some uh, killing wow. fun, let's find out what you, our Rad Rewinders, had to say about Quickly Down Under. Yes, John Hartshue says, It was the first fil- first time I'd ever seen Tom Selleck as anything other than Magnum P.I. Dustin Warford says, I said I never... He said what uh, Drew said. What did I say? He said, quote... I said I never had a need for pistols. I never said I didn't know how to use them. Then he goes on to say, I loved how he wrecked the villains in the end with weapons of their own choosing. Adam Cooling. Adam Collins says, I remember thinking, wow, an American movie set here in Australia, because he uh, lives in Tasmania, I believe. And something about... Oh, wow. And he also remembers something about a woman who smothered a crying kid while hiding from something. Yep, good memory. Neko says, I heard a bit of the music on the YouTube, but other than that, nothing else. But my question is, did you enjoy the soundtrack? Throwing a question right back I at you. I very much enjoyed it. And it sounds like uh, Paul did, even though he thought it was just okay. I did also, yes. Roy. <sighs> Thank you. Brains. Benjamin T. Van Dypen says, it's a great score featuring dramatic banjo. <laughs> Uh, Nate, Nate Henderson says, proof that Alan Rickman is a fantastic villain in anything he's cast in. Drake Tungsten says, I remember it was a movie <laughs> that was released. For some reason, I was thinking it was animated. It would be Rescuers down under uh, Drake. Yeah. Oh, and George yeah. C. Scott, who didn't go to the third grade for nothing. <sighs> And Celeste more uh, sort of swings us into our dislike section by saying, I fell asleep the only time I tried to watch it. Wow, Celeste. Well, maybe there's reasons to fall asleep in this movie. Let's get into the things we didn't like about Quickly Down Under, spinning up our... Was three. And I'm going to start us off by some very, very minute. And this is only if you have subtitles on. But early in the movie... Uh, the subtitle said coyotes howling, but I'm pretty sure it's just dingoes in Australia. I doubt there's coyotes. There are no, coyotes was, in Australia was, also. No, there aren't. No, I'm the, right. You're wrong. Those were not dingoes howling because they were too busy eating your oh baby. Oh, my gosh. How, did you look that up, uh, Drew, that there are coyotes in Australia? No, but I will right now. Yeah, because I'm curious. I'm pretty sure there aren't. Anyone can fly them over there. <laughs> wow. Sad. How do you know that just wasn't like... Uh, just random audio the audio person put in. Yeah, they could have put have in an, a coy- coyotes yeah. in Australia. Uh, although coyotes look more similar to wolves than dingoes, there's actually dingoes that are technically also a species of wolf. That doesn't answer my question. No, it does not. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Google. Google Why are you the top of the list? <laughs> Where uh, is coyote habitat. Coyotes are found in North America uh, and to Central America and Mexico. It's only the, the Americas. Australian version of the coyote or jackal is the Tasmanian devil. Okay, not so it's not. There you go. So, so it's, it's, but it's they don't have coyotes. They don't have coyotes. 
Come to Tasmania. <laughs> Come to Tasmania. Now that we've now that, that unsolved mystery is solved. Come to Tasmania. Okay, we're not Come covering Tasmania. Tasmania, guys. Quickly down under. Let's stay on topic. Um, but we so, do that? so my right. my dislike is valid. I don't like that they said in the subtitles Kyrie Halloween when it should have been Dingo Halloween. Well, again, to Drew's point. Maybe it was an audio clip of coyotes howling that they inserted. So technically, those were coyotes well, they howling. Well, to put it in then. And if it's I, wrong in some I'll, fashion. I'll put that in. This in they some of the lines from the uh, the the minions, whatever the the, the bandits, the people working for Alan Rickman. Uh, they said coyote yeah. once or twice. So maybe they Is just they? don't know any better. Maybe I don't know. That's strange. I don't remember that, but it's it's possible. Regardless, I, mean, it was, it I thought was very that was in the background. I'd only know it because yes. of the closed captioning. I just thought that was inconsistent with their saying. Given that they filmed it in Australia and everything is authentic in that way, uh, let's go to Paul. Nobody's next. perfect, Something... Roy. <sighs> yeah, like you given the wrong name to me, Paul. What's something you didn't like about this film? Not just in general. <laughs> Are you confused by that question, Paul? Confused by you. I never met you before. This is not 51st Dates. I'm Francisco Ruiz. You're your host okay. of this sure. podcast. Um, one of the things that I didn't like is that <sighs> there's kind of two dislikes oh, okay. in one. Okay, you know that hotshot younger kid yes. who's like training yes. up? I don't know his name. I wish they did a better job. They had all this this great cast of of uh, bandits, but I wish I knew their names better. I wish they made it a point to. Yeah, I almost so want anyway. to say his name was Coogan, but I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the l- l- cast list, I'm like, it could be any <laughs> yeah, exactly. <of> exactly. <laughs> all exactly. Those, all those names are very generic, and I couldn't tell you yeah. one from the other. Um, but so this guy, this, this kid, hotshot kid is, is up there at towards the end up in the mountains and he has a chance to kill Quigley and he does it. I'm going to let a deadly man who they're scared of anywhere from like a thousand feet. I'm going to let him live. I, and I he, thought for such a hot, hot headed kid, it would be better for him yeah, to kill him I, than to try to bring I thought him Marcin in alive, wanted him which alive. I was surprised. I, thought Marcin... n- I was looking for it and maybe uh-huh. I missed it. When he said bring him back, I'm like, well, do you want him back dead or alive? He didn't specify. Uh, okay. At least That's I did. That's fair. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, so me, kill him, bring him in, take the glory. Got it. Yeah. And then credits. Bye bye, quickly. <laughs> wow. You're, you're now down under. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I guess that's one approach. Yeah, no, but I, well, he's such a hot-headed kid who, and they're on survival yeah, mode no. because he's taken out like ninety percent of the ranch yeah, by this yeah. time. That's that's a very so, fair, very fair observation, Paul. I, I can totally, I, I would get that. I, I get that. Um, Drew, was that something that uh, was? Were there inconsistencies, whether it's coyotes or whether it's like? Oh, if you're really in this situation, you wouldn't actually just try to wound him. You try to kill. Uh, was there something like that you didn't like or something completely else? No, it's despite Cora's backstory. I just do not like Cora. She is annoying I, throughout I, this entire film. I don't yeah. like her until her backstory. Then I have way, way more I, I sympathy. Have, for I have her, more but... sympathy 
Oh, you're just like I have pretty much. sympathy for her, and yeah, I I cheered along with her when she scared the the dingoes off from eating the yes. aborigine baby. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, throughout the rest of the film, I'm sitting there going, "Will you just shut up, Corn?" <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm I'm getting that experience with all the Roy's way. here, guys. Oh, the Roy thing's just funny. No, no. But every every other bit of her is annoying. <laughs> Okay, I you know I can understand that she yeah she I think the actress did a good job oh, yeah, for sure playing that it's just written that way so so um Drew I guess you're after after too much of her you're just saying just shoot me now ah, 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 ah do you ah, realize ah. when you finally said that she was from just shoot me earlier I was I was this close to going that's where she's from I'm trying to figure it out in three days I recognize every other main character in this but her that's I only saw funny. that show once. Oh, okay. Like, you mean the whole show once or one episode like, of it? I was watching once? it for a period of time. Guy, yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I only saw it in that one period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was also in Stephen King TV series. What was it? The Last Stand or The Stand? Oh, I didn't watch Oh, yeah, one. she was in The Stand. Yeah. Yeah, The Stand. Yeah. yeah. She was. That's where I knew her. Yeah. Yes, yes, but just shoot me in that. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't get more work because I thought she did good. I Along so with too. the uh, the head Thermian in uh, Galaxy Quest, which also had Alan Rickman in it. Indeed. Wait, she was the head Thermian? No, no, no she wasn't in One this. of the other characters in Just Shoot Me was the head Thermian. Oh, yes, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right. Uh, who was also in Veronica Mars, I think. You must save exactly. us. Anyway... Imagine what, they, imagine what they think of these historical documents. We're off the ranch, guys. But why? Paul, <laughs> what makes you go, but why about this movie? What's something else anyway? Oh, Quigley's a jerk. What? At the beginning, he mm. does the whole save the cat and defends the elderly getting off the boat. Yeah. And then he goes in and turn. does a 180. <laughs> Pushes everyone else aside to make room for himself to get off the boat. He's a yeah, jerk. Uh, I, I he totally that. destroyed the whole, oh, I'm going to like you too. Like, nah, I'm not. But he also goes and saves the cat again with uh, trying to save Cora I, from all the can bad I, guys. Yes, but he's a jerk. Right. So can, I defend, can I defend? Go ahead, defend the jerk. Uh, def- my defense is he was, make, he was being the shield between that old couple and the jerk who was trying to rush ahead of everybody. And that, that's and fine. If he hadn't gotten ahead, he wouldn't have been able to uh, talk to him to make sure he wasn't in such a hurry anymore. You'll pardon the uh, reference there. You already pushed him away. There's no need to like push him to the back of the line. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you don't be a jerk. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I get that. Were there other moments where you felt he was a jerk, Paul, or was it mainly just that? Uh, at that point, I was gone. You had me at the beginning, and then you lost so, it, and now I don't care. So you're saying there's no room for redemption? Yeah, after that boy's mama got shot because he visited the town, what you gonna do? You gotta leave Dodge. Get out of Dodge. He had no way of knowing that was going to happen. Everything I know, actually, but now we're in I would have had City. sympathy for him, but they lost it. They, they lost all the right, sympathy. All right, you, lost, you, you know what? I, I, this didn't make my dislike list, but... um. I I was left I was talking with Ashley about this that I don't feel like Tom Selleck had chemistry with uh, Cora and anyway. I I don't know if he has chemistry with most anyone I've never seen Magnum PI though uh, Ashley to bring up that uh, uh, he had chemistry with Monica from Friends and I would I I can see that 
some, but I, I feel like this just goes to why he wouldn't have made a good uh, Indiana Jones, which is funny because Harrison Ford was uh, in the running for this movie, um, yeah. given the yeah. history of... They did a switcheroo. They did a switcheroo, yeah. Uh, I really like Tom Selleck in this role, for sure, but I don't feel... He is, yeah. he is much more of a sort of a, a cooler uh, charisma than a, than a warm charisma, I guess I'll say. Um, hmm. But... Uh, that's not something else I disliked. Something else I disliked was when, um, Quigley, he's running to, I forget what the name of the, the town is. It's like Bella Gerbil or Bella Gerb or Bella Gerb. It's the coastal remember. town where the mom of the, the, the bull. Mama got mama shot. Got shot. <laughs> I don't remember the name of that town. Well, it's toward the end. He's right. He left Cora and the baby in the cave and he's running to the town. Right. And and he, somehow he all of a sudden has a duster or a coat that he's riding with. He hasn't had this the whole movie. Somehow he all of a sudden has one. I'm like, where did that come from all of a sudden? He stole it from Mama. <laughs> no, this is on the way to the place. This is not oh. a- after he's there. So that was a little confusing. Maybe, I suppose you might say. Did the horse have a saddlebag at my I was going to say maybe it came That's from That's what that. I was thinking. That's the only but, rationalization I got. It just, yeah. yeah, okay. It just seemed like uh, a little out of nowhere. Uh, but that's something else I disliked. It was uh, a nice shot. Hey, it look like it was night. It was yeah. cool. What's up, Paul? When you watch a movie and in comes a character and he has a toothpick in his mouth, you're like, wait, where'd he get that toothpick from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm always asking, where, where's that box of toothpicks that you got this from? Yeah, yes. I want to know the journey, the struggle you had, <laughs> picking up the right one, and how many people picked up random cigarettes all throughout this movie in the middle of nowhere. It's true. Wait, Quigley was making his own cigarettes. Still, yeah. you never Where'd see he him get it from. He had, yeah, he was rolling in the, the wagon campfire. and at the oh, campfire. That's where it was. Yeah, he was rolling lots of times. Yeah. I didn't see it. What? Rolling, rolling, rolling. Ride. Well, what else? What did you What did you see, Drew, that you didn't like? One more thing you disliked. As much as I like Alan Rickman, and I recognize that if he didn't do this, there wouldn't be a movie. What? If he, but he broke the cardinal rule about being a villain, and that you didn't take care of the hero yourself. You allowed it. You said, "Oh, we'll just." Let the elements take care of him. Of course, he's going to come back and smack you. That's the that's the worst thing oh, you can do. He I was, think meant at the end. I'm like, he's trying to take care of him. What are you talking about? No, but okay, no, no, at the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. After the backstabbing aborigine, we'll let Australia uh, kill him. him. He's like, oh, take him two days outside of camp. We'll let Australia kill him. I'm thinking, dude, you just signed your death warrant by saying well, that. Here, but that's, here's the thing: that's as bad as seeing someone going on an away mission you don't know their last name on wearing a red shirt. Drew, yep. Drew, I'm going to come to uh, Alan's defense here, Gruber's defense, because I think he does have a sense of honor. Like with the deserters, he doesn't kill them until, uh, like, I forget. I, I don't know. It seems until until, they, try until they try to draw the weapons. Yeah. Then he shoots them. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't just like give them like a last minute. I mean, he would he may have treated them more nicely. Although I, I think he still turned them back over Look. or what have you. But um oh please he's drunk with power for that no no i think he i think he has a sense of honor it's just after he kills all those men that he's willing to kill quickly he just wanted to prior to that he wanted to have australia take care of him but i see your point of like 
if he really wanted to get also, the job done, he should have done it himself for sure. Yeah, yeah. It also doesn't make sense because he really wants to get rid of him, and then he has a chance to like, nah, let's drive him out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Okay, I, I can see that because I'm sitting there watching, going, "You idiots! You yeah. could, admittedly, if you hadn't drug him out to the middle of nowhere, there wouldn't be a movie for this yeah. to come back from." Yeah. I admit that, but it's like. You just signed your death warrant, Alan Rickman. Mm-hmm. Again, <laughs> yeah. You should learn your lesson by now. <laughs> Re- real quick, guys. I this didn't make my dislike list, but this is the first time I honestly noticed it. Um, how it, it feels like. Uh, maybe this will be actually maybe will be one of your tragic makers, so I won't go into it right now. I will start with my tragic maker though. Did because you notice that it was your tragic maker. <laughs> my tragic maker is Roy. really really weak. It's like it's like a pet peeve, but it just really irks me. So mm. twice in this movie, they the way oh, they there's a love triangle. No, that's not that. The disobedient kid. No, actually, this is All right, completely folks, this new. This is one to add to the list. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> How do you know that Aborigine kid that Cora had wasn't being disobedient? He wasn't. Oh, she told God. him to stop crying, and he didn't stop crying. Yeah. <sighs> Go ahead and cry. I'll make noise too. We'll can I give my off. tragic maker, please? I don't know. Can I don't know. You? Can you? Ah! What it was was the moon in this. In two scenes, the moon is shot so big in the night sky; it's way bigger than it should be. And then to top it off, there's a day shot when uh, Quigley's leaving Cora back at the town. Um, he's going off to kill Marston. In, it's a wide shot. You can see in the sky. It's like, you know how you can see the moon during daytime mm-hmm. in the sky? You can see the actual size right there. So it's not like they don't know how big it is, but still they should. It's so massive. It's, and it's just question. like it's superimposed, I'm sure. So I'm sure question. it actually it was, wasn't? but I do have a question. Having actually shot moon photography before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I'll admit, I do not remember what the moon looked like in this film that did not stick out I to me at all. Round. Yes, <laughs> it's round. It's huge. It might but, I mean, I, but I mean, how huge? Is it like a quarter of the night sky? Is it just right no, down I, there at the horizon it, where... It uh, looked like a space bigger? station to me. <laughs> it looked I, as I, big as like, uh, you know, I'm if saying, you if had... If it is down on the horizon, it really does look huge. Yeah, I've seen it. it I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I've seen what that looks like. It did not look. It, this looks. Okay. Was it on the horizon? Wait, it was on the horizon behind some mountains. All right, then it can be as big as the Earth. <laughs> I didn't say that. Next time you watch, look for the moon. It's huge. Well, we're not to our final <laughs> ratings yet. <laughs> okay, so that was my tragic maker for quickly down under. Uh, let's go to Drew next. <laughs> the moon was too big. <laughs> the moon was too big. <laughs> this movie's tragic. <laughs> Look at that moon. <laughs> well, now we know what his tragic maker for Star Trek V is going to be. The moon was too big behind the Enterprise. May- maybe. Well, if it's on space, though, and it's a different moon, I don't know what. That doesn't matter. The moon was too big for you. All right. <laughs> Roy. <laughs> Drew, what is your tragic maker? How does this movie not have a sequel? This movie needs a sequel. I, that would be fun. Yeah, I would a like a sequel. sequel may this. not be as good as this one because this is a '90s movie, and most of the time the movies from this era didn't have good sequels. But yeah, especially with a name like Quickly Down Under, I half expected this to be the sequel to another movie that was just called Quickly. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think that'd be fun to like see. It like it feels like it's part of a franchise. Yeah, and it is. Yeah. It's one single standalone movie. Yeah, I and can see there been being a have prequel a, to have it. another movie go along with it. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Remo Williams? I I don't know. What that Go is. watch it. It's it. They they want to start. They probably like this movie. They wanted to start a franchise, mm-hmm. but this came in at fifty six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah. That would have been but, cool though. But this I, movie should have had a sequel. I'm just saying. Yeah, I agree. It would have if it was number one. Well, yes, but. No. What what was it? What ninety ninety? Ghost had to come in. Jeez. And Home Alone. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Gosh. Yeah. Like, and guess what else? Uh nineteen ninety? Uh yeah. Probably some Spielberg. You are mine now. You belong to me. A kindergarten cop? It's not a tumor. Uh, yes. Okay. Not a tumor. I was gonna say it wasn't Terminator. Okay. Or Terminator 2. All right, Paul. Well, that leaves you. What is your tragic maker for quickly down? Uh, what really puts you down under about this movie? Uh, um, I agree with Celeste that this is too long. <laughs> now, this is she this didn't is say it was too minute. long. She just said she fell asleep. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, she the, probably you know, the thing that meant to say slow so and boring. Yeah. You know the thing Torpedo? that torpedoed so many of Francisco's likes in this in this in this podcast over over the years he falls asleep yeah. in the movie so obviously it's bad yeah i'm sorry this did I say francisco is... i meant roy ah! <laughs> the problem with this movie is that it feels like it's two hours it is yeah. a long yeah, it, movie it is and watching through it this feels it, it really ahead, doesn't follow the three-act scru- structure no well yeah and i kind of like that I'm, that there's a new Danger element, and I feel like that that does happen in Western. But the more problem that, oh, with a new danger, a new danger now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Um, the problem with that, though, mm-hmm. because is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and the original Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope uh-huh. is about two hours. Yeah, but it doesn't feel that way because the dangers feel more real. Oh, okay. It, okay. Rather than oh, this is the episode where he goes to town. Oh, oh this feels this more is the like episode with episodic. The, yes, oh. ra- this feels like a book with chapters. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or an extended edition uh-huh. of a movie. Yeah, I could see that. I could, see, yeah. And and what? So this was the thing I was going to bring up before. Before you guys got into treasure makers, I feel like it. I I I liked, but I didn't like how they kill Marston. That feels like the end of the movie. And then they'd have this whole thing with Ashley Pitt and the whole British soldiers coming in and like, okay, now we got you. And then the Aborigines surround them, which is cool. I like. I thought I, it was cool. Yeah, it was that a was cool. That they, yeah, a payoff of how he treated them and 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 tried to protect them. Oh, you and think them. that's the end? No, we got another end. Yeah, yeah. but just, oh, you think that's the end? Oh no, we got another yeah, end. That so that. Oh, you think that's the end? No, it's quickly in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> nope, we never got to San Francisco. So I felt yeah. like that dragged it in a bit long, and there were other parts like I know I was watching with Ashley, and this was her first time watching it. And uh, like about an hour in, she uh, she was curious how much longer it was, um, and so that that's a sign of like congratulations, yeah. you're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I could I can I can totally accept the criticism of that, uh, but it's- now if you're now if you're into one of these long movies like that has like an epic feel, mm-hmm. this is like one of those older movie that kind of feels mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. Just you don't 
know that going into it, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. So. Very true. Well, Very let true. me throw this out there because this is actually the what? second Western I've reviewed this week because we did oh. uh, Five oh, Goes West. Five Goes West. West. And that yeah. movie has like no rest in it whatsoever. You, if the movie feels like it's an hour long. Yeah. So uh, I actually liked that this felt like it had breathing room. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you're in the mood for it. So if, like I said, again, if you're in the mood for a longer movie, if you want, if you're in the mood for an extended edition, this is the, yes. this is a movie yeah. to go I, for. I think that's a good way of putting it, Paul, that this feels like an extended edition for sure. Um, awesome, guys. Well, now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right. Do we rate Quigley Down Under a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic. It's worth revisiting if you saw it as a kid or young adult and you're looking for like a Western that's a little different from a standard Western to watch. Yeah, go watch this. But if you've never seen it before, check out something else, I guess. Um, or is it a tragic? We'd recommend no one go see this. If you've seen it before, and you have good memories, don't sully those memories with the rewatch. And if you've never seen it before, keep it that way. So let's start with our guest, Drew. What is your final what is your final rating for Quigley Down Under? Well, Roy, I'm gonna have to give it a classic. It's not Roy! Oh, what? A classic? Oh, you yeah. can call me Roy. <laughs> <laughs> classic, really? Okay. Yeah, I and actually you had... really enjoyed this film. Awesome. You had predicted nostalgic too, so I'm surprised yeah, that it raised for well, you like that. Well, what it was is I had I saw this film once, like mm-hmm. twenty years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, yeah. And I I think I only actually saw about an hour of it. For oh, really? Reason. Oh, so, oh, okay. I, and I just remembered I liked it. That's why I signed up to be on it. Yeah, I actually signed up for a lot of them because I had to use the shotgun approach to get on this show. But uh, <laughs> it worked. <laughs> it and I just I I, was, I watched it like yeah, this is a great film. Oh yay! I'm so glad you liked it. Awesome. Uh, except uh, unless I didn't like it, in which case, bleh. but Paul, uh, you oh, had, please. you had predicted tragic. So where did this movie end That's up for right. you? I'm very curious. <sighs> to be fair to the listeners. Um, if you enjoyed this movie, I think that you would enjoy it on a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not a classic, like, Oh, you must go out and see it mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. In fact, I, don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. Uh, okay. But again, to be fair, I'll keep it at the nostalgic. I'll, I'll boost it up to a nostalgic level. Oh, okay, well, just for the people that enjoy it before, I think you would enjoy it again. So here's a question for you, Paul. For well, two questions, two parter. Do you like westerns in general as a genre? Yeah. Okay. What western would you would you would you recommend? Like, if someone say, "Hey, I'm thinking of watching Back Qu- to the Future Three. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Other than Back to the Future 3. Like a standalone, not like I have to, not that you necessarily have to watch all the first two, but it helps. That's, that being time yeah. travel, I consider that more sci-fi that just happens to be in the West. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would say Maverick is, oh, a, okay. is a great one, even though that's more comedy yeah. rather than Western. Yeah. But Okay, Maverick. Um, uh, what, what's that one that we reviewed? To, not Tombstone. Yeah, yeah tombstone. tombstone. Yeah, really? Yeah. See, I felt like Tombstone was too slow, but okay, all right, that's fair. That had more, yeah, Drama characters to root for, yeah, I guess, yeah. to 
Okay. I don't know. That's that's it is slow. That but, is fair. Yeah. Okay. So, but nostalgic for you. Awesome. And for me, and you probably guessed by now, I definitely read this a classic. It was still super enjoyable for me. I definitely enjoyed revisiting it. I'm glad it it wasn't a movie where I'm like, why did I, why did I waste my birthday pick on this movie? No, I was very <laughs> glad that I picked this one. It's fun getting to rewatch it. Definitely enjoyed it. I'm slow and boring. Whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm for my review. My final rating is slow and boring. You, Paul, thanks a lot. <laughs> Just like this movie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How dare you, sir? But I thought you were doing fine, Roy. It is not. <laughs> Anyways, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, we rate Quigley Down Under, a disputed classic film. We'd recommend anyone go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to get back to our own time. Good old 20AXX. 20AXX? Compsats online. Receiving incoming transmission. Uh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1990 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely... Jared Holzauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, Chris Cowan, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast. Oh, you're right hey. here! Hey. Ashley Cronenberg, Pastor Deuston, <laughs> Kenneth and Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Baba, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony from the Retro Days, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Rosie, in addition to seven other awesome patrons as well. Uh, this stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. That also. Uh, thank you all so much for keeping the Gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. Hey, Roy. The ki- I, yeah. uh, I just wanted to point out that I'm not the only person who's got to change a Patreon name this week because you missed yes. oh, the change right? that you need to make. Ashley Ruiz. Oh, Ashley Ruiz is the new patron. Sorry. Yeah. Not Cronenbitter. What? What's going on here? Cronenbitter's gone. It's Ruiz now. I'm not going to redo the whole list, but Ashley Ruiz, thank you for your support for these last three years. Uh, Let's see. So thank you all so, so much. Yes. All right. Fine. You can thank people. It's fine. And while we're thanking people, we want to give a big Australian down under hug to Drew Dodgen for supporting us yay, with yay, his thoughts Paul. about quickly down under. Paul actually got my last name right. That's amazing. He did. Yay. Yeah. Good job, that, Paul. You know, once in a while. And your your name, sir? Ah, well, I am Drew from the Cellcast. We review uh, animated movies and television shows. And also, I am doing on that feed now an analysis and look at the video game series Kingdom Hearts. So if you enjoy any of that, come over and listen to us over there at thecellcast.podbean.com. And cell is spelled with... Cell is spelled with a single L. And a C. And a C, yes. C-E-L. C-E-L. Okay. Awesome. Thank you again so much, Drew. And also... uh, my friend Paul, who's so, Woo-hoo. so great. All your rewinders, new or old, thank you for another fun voyage. And the captain's last name is Roy. Roy. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> no, but uh, you're welcome. You can find me, pauljpowers.com, at pauljpowers.com. And you can find me, Francisco Ruiz. Not this who's one. that? 
I think me. Mean, I think you mean Francisco Royes. Uh, you can find me on our Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Not to troll me. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. I can't think of a better invitation. <laughs> this podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. Okay, disembodied flowing head, floating head, whatever your head is doing, thank you. We are now part of uh, the Culture Box Media Network. Woo. You find all the shows unpacking truth through Roy Comedy and Geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, we are in final approach to our base, which is hopefully not across the sea. I hope it's not across the sea, thank you. Thank you, Exo. Does that look like a long voyage in that little boat? Oh, right? Well, three months? Three yeah. months just to get there? Jeez. And, and that's Ugh. just from the San Francisco to the other side of Australia. Imagine yeah. what Cora had to do going from Galveston before the yeah. Panama Canal was built. Oh, my gosh. Why are the ships going to Australia from there? But anyway, thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all for Electric Dreams. Apparently our next episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> is that what Android's dream of? Those are sheep that they drink. Electric sheep. Yeah. Still Electric Dreams, right? Yeah. Yoo-hoo. Good night, Roy.